Hi, welcome to Vibing With, brought to you by Puzzles of Color. Today, we are vibing with Salon Robinson and Equeba Ghani Buckner from Asa Books. Asa Books is the manifestation of two women's enlightenment. Solange and Equeba are cousins by blood, but sisters in spirit, who were raised in Brooklyn, New York. They join forces to create children's puzzles that entertain through artwork while teaching meaningful content. Together, their goal is to create something beautiful in a world for children. Thank you so much for joining us to, with Vibing With. This is Solange and Equeba, who are the artist and author behind our puzzle and book bundle for That's the Start of Our Day. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, yes. (laughs) So we've gotten a chance to talk on several occasions now. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourselves? Okay, so I'll start. My name is Solange, um, and I am the author um, part of our uh, amazing uh, duo. Um, I am from... Brooklyn, New York, uh, born and raised, um, currently living in Chicago. Um, I have, I'm married with two children, a six-year-old son and soon-to-be five-year-old daughter. Um, And yeah, just uh, definitely a lover of all things adventure, Um, love a good adventure, um, love new experiences, um, love to expose not only myself, but uh, now my children to new experiences. Um, and am so happy to have a Quaba um, here out here in Chicago um, with me too, so that we can, you know, continue our adventure of life together. And so I'm not going to try to hog because I know I'm a little bit of a, a talker. So I'm going to let a Quaba um, share a little bit about herself too. <laughs> we'll what end. he didn't mention is that we're cousins. And so we grew up in the same house in Brooklyn, New York. um, And we just, we both decided to to jump into this journey together. So um, I'm Aquaba. I am the uh, illustrator on this amazing project. And I've I've really just taken the time over these last few years to, um, to really think about what kind of things inspire me. You know, what kind of things make me want to get up in the morning and just work with passion, um, which is why I'm a elementary public school principal, uh, K to eight, pre-K to eight, excuse me. And the love, of course, for, for children's literature is just a, a part of the job. You know, I started out as a New York City public school teacher, uh, moved here to Chicago and taught in charter and just fell in love with all things education to the point where I decided that I wanted to start my own school. And so when Solange came to me and said, hey, listen, I got this idea. I think that we should do children's books. I was like, are you crazy? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where do I have time to do a children's book? Um, But I've I've always had this love of art. And if if I could do it all over again, I probably would have majored in art. I ended up minoring in art in uh, college. But it's always been like this this little secret talent that that I think I've I've had. Um, And so throughout my life, I've dabbled with murals and oil on canvas and and paper collage and so when she came to me I was like you know this feels like my time to to just push myself as an artist and step out of the mommy lane you know I have a a infant 10 months old step out of the wife lane I have a husband um step out of that principal lane and just be able to to explore the the artist part of myself absolutely that's wonderful well you know Puzzles of Color is all about uplifting artists of color. And it's so great that you guys get to be our first foray um, into a bundle so that we can celebrate writing uh, art, you know, because writing is also an art as well as um, the visual medium. So we are, we love to have you. Um, I know one of the things, the reasons why we were really interested in working with you guys is that I got the book as a gift for my baby. And, you know, I was, it's one of my favorite books to read to her. I actually was reading it to her a little earlier today. Wonderful. I just think it's so adorable. Awesome. I love the rhyming and the, and like just show her the bees and, and the art is beautiful. So it was, a, it was like, it's a great um, pleasure to be working with you too. And, you know, the family, keeping in the family, having the, the, the two right. siblings and yes. the cousins, and, yes. you know, yes. all of that. <laughs> and one of the things that uh, Quaver, um, uh, that we didn't share is that um, not only are we cousins, but we grew up like sisters. And so um, Aquaba 
um, started off in Jersey, but we were always at her house on the weekends. And then fast forward to uh, elementary school and high school. We went to the same high school together. We attended Delaware State University, a historically black college together. Shout out to the Hornets. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so we have literally journeyed through life from the very beginning. We are exactly nine months apart to the day, July oh, 6th wow. and November 6th. Yep. And so um, when the idea of starting to write, write children's books and not even with it being just about children's books, it really being about us really trying to align what our passions are outside of our nine to fives. And so it was a no brainer. It was literally understanding Aquaba as an artist from birth, from when we were little and she would have her sketch pad and would be drawing these amazing, you know, images um, and being able to say, okay, I have a passion for wanting to tell my own story. You have a story too. We have been at this life journey together since the very beginning. And so it literally was a no brainer for us to align in this next chapter to do um, children's book, her being the illustrator, um, and forming um, our, our company, ASA Books. Um, and so ASA being the first letters of our name and us tying in our grandmother, Angeline O'Neill, um, who, yeah. yes, who is, is and continues to be a champion for education. And so A being Angeline, S being Solange, A being Aquaba, us creating this trio of wanting to put forth work to not only our children, but any, ch any child that is willing to read our work and, and parents that are willing to read our work, where we're able to just put out there that we love storytelling, we love embracing our own talent and wanting to share that it's important for other people to, to step into that light as well. And so, so Asa Books, um, which came forth um, over a year and a half ago with two cousins from Brooklyn, New York, um, <laughs> who have literally journeyed a, a lifetime together, stepping into this next phase is, is just a beautiful thing for the both of us. And a huge shout out to our grandmother, who yes. uh, she is 94 years old. Wow. Um, she has instilled this, this love of nature in us from the time that we were young and so the first book really is a dedication uh to her and her ability to point out the nature in Brooklyn you know yeah. you're in a city sometimes you don't get to see uh nature the way that you would if you were living out in the country and she would make sure that we paid attention so we would take walks with her and she would go hi birds hello clouds hi trees <laughs> wow. and uh she would she would force us to to pay attention you know, to our surroundings and to the fact that we're on earth. So when Solange came and she, she showed me uh, the, the story, I had tears in my eyes because it was such a beautiful tribute to, to what our grandmother put in us when we were children. Well, dang, you stole my next question, which was going to be, how did you pick that, that topic? Because I, I, you know, the book is like, you've got the barn and you've got, yeah. you talk about cows and, and all those things. And I'm like, you know, don't imagine you see many of those in Brooklyn. That's the Lange's brainchild. A laughs at me because she always says I, I was, I'm probably meant to be in the country. Um, I, I do like the outdoors um, and it does have a lot to do in part with our grandmother um, in our childhood and being able to to see to see that imagery on a grander scale even in Brooklyn New York yeah. um, and so uh, the book itself um, was kind of created by a bedtime story um, a bedtime song rather um, that I would sing uh, my kids um, mm -hmm. We had a family fire uh, back in 2018 mm -hmm. um, that pretty much devastated our home um, and all of our books. And so um, when we were displaced, we were living in a hotel. Um, we had a huge window and at night we could see the sunrise and fall and the moonrise and fall. And so I started a little, literally two line little lullaby for them. And out of that lullaby came the idea to create um, When the Sun Comes Up. 
Um, and so when approached, <laughs> when I approached her with the Quaver, she, she knew I would sing the song to them. Um, and it was, I was just happy that it was embraced because, you know, you're, as an artist, you, you sometimes enter vulnerable spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is always um, just a treasure to be able to, to have my cousin um, be able to see the vision even past where I see the vision, you yeah. know? And we talk about alignment a lot. Um, us being able to work together is a testament of that. So coming to her with When the Sun Comes Up with this just kind of wild-eyed idea, it was an instant, I see it, you know, because you have to see yeah. it before it actually happens. Yeah. You know, you have to envision yourself in the space before it happens. So I envisioned this book, this, this piece of work being read by, you know, my kids' classmates and, you know, other, you know, teachers and, you know, other parents, you know, you have to, I, I saw that. And so having approached a Quaver with it, she saw it too. And voila, you know, we were so fortunate and blessed to be able to journey together with, you know, producing our first children's book, When the Sun Comes Up. We, us growing up, I was more the creative type, I guess I was uh, always drawing, just in Quaver. I had made comic books and all types of like, I did, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh cards were really popular. I had my own like Yu-Gi-Oh card game type thing. I was doing all types of creative things and trying to be, I've always wanted to just, I guess, be an entrepreneur and create something creative that would, you know, allow us to be to, I have to work for everybody else. Right. <laughs> uh, and I guess it's kind of where I'm at now in this situation with Puzzle Color. My, my, actually, my sister is like, had the idea of it. And then from there. And I was like, here, you go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I, I I'm creative in a different way. I I, yeah, I enjoy yeah. the arts. I don't really necessarily make the arts, or at least not. I haven't in a while. I I actually should probably get back into it because like yeah. I used to to like I have this paint this rose that I drew when I was a kid that like got in like you know the city you know display or whatever. I used to be artistic and then, you know, you get old and you got <laughs> things to change. <laughs> and I haven't been able to get back into I it. I haven't but drawn in a long time. Like, so drawing wise, I'm not good at it anymore, but like, yeah. I definitely still like, with graphic design is kind of what I do. So right. I definitely took that artistic part uh, and, and just kept with it into a, a field that I thought I could be able to, you know, see myself being, having a career out of. Yeah. So, right. And of course mm -hmm. with this, now I'm and that's become puzzles of color and like you know becoming building that brand and building that uh talking about the artists most mostly but just you know really getting up being able to create something with that using our, our artistic abilities and then of course their artistic abilities just all coming together it's really it's really good <laughs> you know i i think the the interesting part about what you said because i i can relate you you get older and you get caught up in this routine of doing things um, yeah. and, and your career might take you in a different path. And some of the things that you did when you were young, you don't, you don't necessarily do anymore. Right. And mm -hmm. so thinking about it, I'm sure if you decided to spend some time drawing every day, you would get really good at it all over again. <laughs> yeah. I'm going yeah. to put a plug out there for you to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, we, we, we dabble as, as artists in so many different ways. So I remember being little and making, um, I don't know if you all remember these. They're like these uh, latchkey rugs that you can make. And they give mm -hmm. you like yeah. a pattern and it's little pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah. I started out with that and I would do that. I mean, like nonstop to the point where okay. I'm like, please don't make any more of these rugs. <laughs> oh, wait, I'll put them in the house. You know, oh. and I would take old clothes and I would cut them up and make clothes for my dolls or or teddy bears and then I was like okay what else can I do and you know over the years I've, I've made all sorts of things you know like for my own wedding I made these wire sculptures that were brides or like I do uh anytime my friends get married I make brooms that's actually one of the brooms that that was my broom actually when uh I got married you know to symbolize this this uh African heritage of African-American heritage of jumping, jumping the broom. Yeah. You know, it's just so many ways that you as an artist can express yourself. And so like, mm -hmm. for example, if the graphic design piece then becomes your artistry, it's a really good chance that that was supposed to be the art all that time. And all those other pieces sort of led you to this place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, embrace it. Yeah. I think actually a lot of my career paths uh, led up to this as well, because like a lot of like, I did the work fulfillment side of uh, another company I was working with doing production side and I did photography, all these type of things that kind of like I get to do with this company, with our company right. now. So it's really, like I said, full circle moment for sure. Yeah. And actually, 
your style, speaking of your style, uh, it's not just, you know, drawing or anything like that. It's like you, you're cutting paper, paper mache and stuff like that. So how did you come up with that style to, to do for this book? So the, the funny thing is that this is not the medium that I normally even work in. I'm in an oil on canvas kind of girl. Oh, okay. But the majority of my work over the years has been that uh, oil on canvas. I love colors and, and things of that sort. Um, but when I started this journey, there was something in me that said, I wonder how this will look if it were all in paper. And I've, I've seen so many beautiful children's books that you know, they, they do the paintings, they do the drawings, they do the graphic art, but rarely do I see paper collage as a medium. And it's such an awesome medium because there's so many textures that you can include and so many ways that you can tell a story. Um, I think it's a lot harder to do um, because every single page is its own work of art. Um, right. yeah. Extremely time consuming because every little piece has to be cut by hand. Yeah. yeah. And so it is it is a, a, a labor of love. Um, <laughs> but but one that I think allowed me to push myself in my artistry. So I've tried paper collage over the years. Um, it was something that that I've always loved. One of my favorite artists, uh, Romeo Bearden, he did the most beautiful paper collage that I've ever seen. Uh, Reclining Nude is one of the, the ones that I happen to just love, I remember seeing it uh, in Washington, it was on display and I just stood there for about two hours just staring at it. I couldn't stop wow. looking at it. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, if I'm gonna do something, I wanna do something that steps out of my comfort zone, um, but I also wanna do something that looks different than what you would see in most children's books, which yeah. is yeah. Why the, the route of paper collage, just as something new and interesting for kids. Um, yeah. The other piece in that is that it's something that kids can do. And so in my school, I'm a huge component of our children having opportunities as artists to, to define themselves. You know, in, in art classes in most elementary schools, you will have, you know, uh, uh, we're all gonna do a, a picture of a son and everybody's son ends up looking the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. and, and my art teacher and I, Tracy Otwell, we're actually doing something called TAB, which is the students having an opportunity to pick not only the medium that they want to use, but also the design that they're choosing. So she'll give an example or a mini lesson of, hey, here's a picture of the sun, here's how I do it. And then the kids are able to, to explore that on their own. How yeah. do I mind to look? Do I even want to do a sun? Maybe I want to just do, you know, something else. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but you, you, as a child, have an opportunity to play around with, um, with the art in a way where, where kids can access it. So a kid could take a picture and, and cut out pieces and they can make their own designs. And that's what we're hoping they get inspired to do looking at this. You know, you don't have to be great at drawing. You yeah. know, I can cut shapes and I can take these shapes and turn them into something really beautiful and make my own art. Yeah. That's the beauty of, of being flexible and allowing art to have you step outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I remember coming to Aquaba with the idea with imagery in mind um, and Aquaba presenting the, the idea of mixed media collage art as the, as the form of art for the book. And at first I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know about it. I'm not used to seeing it on a wide scale. Yeah. But then when she explained it, the way she just explained it in terms of you really not seeing it that much in children's literature it being an opportunity to put something out a little different um, yeah. and being able to, to tell the story in a different way. And so that was an opportunity for me as an author to step outside of my comfort zone in terms mm -hmm. of the imagery that I foresaw with this particular books and the books that, that we're working on. Um, it really is a beautiful process in terms of being able to collaborate ideas and vision. And so um, and then also, again, respecting the timeline, <laughs> uh, respecting the timeline of, of what it what it really does take to to create the art that goes along with the yeah. story, um, yeah. because it is it is something that has to sink. And so, uh, Aquaba would always we you know we have weekly meetings, and so yeah. my weekly meetings we have our spreadsheet. I'm looking at the calendar. I'm forecasting uh -huh. out, looking at our three week look ahead, and she's like, "No, Solange, mm -mm. that's not how artists work. That's not how art works." Yeah, right. yeah. You have to 
let the you have to let the experience and the moment breathe. And so it was a learning lesson for me as an author because sometimes you know we have our our own idea and our own timelines of when we want things to to happen, when we want to right. um, have have our products ready. But when you really allow the process to flow authentically, you come out with a much more aligned vision, you know, aligned yeah. product. So, um, so Aquaba bringing me into her world um, with mixed media art um, with our first book. It, it was it was a, a great experience, and I'm grateful to to have been along the journey with her on this. Um, because had it gone any other way, had we done it, you know, just the let's just go out and find something, you know, we we would not have felt the way we felt at the end. And so, yeah. well, I will say, like when you talk about like the being able to piece the piece those those pieces of paper together to make the art that's very much what puzzles are. So it's very, that is in line with like, I know one thing we talked about with, you know, be growing up and getting out of the artistic side of, of your, your brain, you, you're lucky when you go to school and you, and you're exposed to all those things. But, mm-hmm. you know, as somebody who has not drawn in quite some time, mm-hmm. I can still put together art. Right. My own, you know, by doing a puzzle, you know, and I can still, you know, you can still have your creative mind, you know, mm-hmm. triggered whether, you know, I may not be actually creating the art, but I am interacting with art in a different, in a new way that, that um, will help me to, to grow. But I know one thing that I love about just like the fact that we do, do now have a children's book and, and we talk <laughs> about this back and forth um, that like, you know, 500 to a thousand that was we really held in on like yeah. we really want to have high count number high because for us as we got older that was the hard part is finding the the thousand piece puzzle that had a black person like it's a lot easier to find kid products and so we wanted mm-hmm. something where a middle schooler could still enjoy it where you know in high school and on, on up right. um and so we were back and forth on like i don't know about doing a kid puzzle like th- that was something we want to get into but um but I'm glad that we have, you know, worked with you guys and, and we, you know, looked at it in a different way because, right. because I know that they, when you're a kid, you are, you get to be exposed to so many things and this, that's your chance to, to get into puzzles that where you can eventually get into the 500 and a thousand piece puzzles. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's great to be able to start there. Um, and like you said, using, showing them the different types of art, like we've got digital artists, we've got, you know, painting canvas we've got all these different types of art um and and now this mixed media which is really really cool yeah and I think the other thing about it is that you know as a child sometimes you don't want the story to end Mm -hmm. and so you know when when we're reading stories to to children they're always like okay well what's next and so you know this is then an extension of that story where you could still relive the experience through the puzzle Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. can take your time with it. You could finish it directly, you know, all at one time. It is, it is your own journey. Um, one of the things that I loved about what Solange did also is that at the end of the book, there are so many activities for kids to, to engage in, you yeah. know, so it's not it's just a book. It's also, now let's take this learning to the next level and let's think about how do we, how do we look at, uh, words and, and how do we identify vocabulary that we may not have known or how do we push mm-hmm. ourselves as artists? Um, and so there's a lot of activities at the end of that book for parents to use to engage their children in the learning. So the book isn't just a one-off. It's something that you can continue to come back to, that you can make lessons around, that you can make projects around. Yeah. Um, but really so that, that as a child, you're able to experience this over and over again, yeah. um, which isn't something that you see a whole lot. We, we thought about it from in, in educators lens and also mm-hmm. from a, a parents lens in terms of what will be um, most beneficial. You know, yeah. for, for us in school as most educators, teachers will reread a story over and over again to kids because you get a different message every time. Or we might dig into something different. You know, today we're gonna look at main idea. Tomorrow we're gonna look at characterization or, or we're gonna look at the way that, that the imagery unfolds. You know, all those different pieces require you to come back to that text. And we're, we're hoping that that is what happens in this book, that people continue to come back to it and find new ways to explore it. 
Well, I will say as a parent, I, I love <laughs> when there's a book that tells me, like, I'm like, I'm reading this book to you and, you know, I, and I'm getting to show them like, okay, look at the bees, look at all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, it's great to be able to, to like apply it outside of the book, you know, like to be able to like, what are you learning from this besides the rhyming, you know, like, how can we, um, can, can you grow and learn beyond reading this book? So I, I love, love, love when I, when I, when there's a book that has those little tips at the back <laughs> and we're constantly in that space of of exploring that um you know as parents as new parents um for the both of us um this is something reading is something that that we both do and so again taking off the other hats that we wear just strictly putting on the mom hat the parent hat um mm -hmm. how do how do we want to further engage um our children when we have those precious moments to sit with them and read um, you know, having experienced COVID last year and having um, to do a lot of homeschooling and doing a lot of the, you know, the hands-on teaching, um, those questions come up between the two of us all the time. How yeah. does this, how does this new landscape lend us an opportunity to, to, to assist ourselves as parents, but also give advice to, to other parents that are going through the same thing? And so we really do try to model our work um, and create work with parents in mind, because this is what we live 24 hours a day now, seven days mm -hmm. a week with our own children. And yeah. to be able to, to lend our own experiences through, through our books that has the potential to, to assist and help and supplement what other parents are doing um, mm -hmm. is always at the forefront, you know, when we're, when we're thinking of new work and thinking of new ideas to, to put forth. And so it's a, it's a beautiful journey. So what are, we have, we have a few authors that are teachers or that are parents, sorry, uh, are artists Artist. that are parents. Um, how would you say your artistic, um, art, your artistry has been influenced by your children or how do your children feel about your art? I'm gonna let Salon start with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, I have a six-year-old son who's in first grade and a daughter um, who will be, will be five um, in a couple days um, in pre-K four about to go to kindergarten. And so um, they are the influence um, of, of much of my work. Um, just seeing them A, interact with each other, um, mm -hmm. interact with themselves, navigating through school, um, it is something that feeds into everything that I write about. Um, when writing about when the sun comes up was literally watching my daughter um, wake up. She was the first, she would be the first one up um, and look at the sunrise. Hey, mommy, 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 the sun is coming up. Um, mm -hmm. When we go out, we um, are lucky to be part of uh, a community garden um, and have been for a couple of years and so taking them out to, to the garden and to the farms and having them to be able to experience, you know, the dirt and the bugs and the flowers and, you know, being outside when it rains and not, you know, saying, oh, we can't be outside when it rains. To look at what happens when certain things in nature are occurring right before our eyes um, and seeing their reactions, listening to their questions, um, you know, why do bugs, you know, hide underneath rocks? Like, why don't they, you know, just things like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and then fast forwarding to um, some of the new works that, that we are de delving into. Um, my son who's in first grade is experiencing, you know, the challenges of um, just being in school and learning new material and trying to build his confidence. Um, and so, we've now been in a space of, of growth mindset. Did I get yep. that right, Aquavo? Growth mindset, that's right. Growth mindset. And so just really thinking about um, the questions that we get when we're on our ride home from school um, mm -hmm. or after you know the day has gone by on Zoom school um, with them being mm -hmm. you know, yeah. on Zoom school and the challenges and some of the things that they're fearful of, some of the things that excite them and, and using that as the as the vehicle that's fueling our work mm -hmm. and so absolutely um my kids a hundred percent um are are the inspiration behind um not only when the sun comes up but all of the work that that, that i'm doing right yeah now, and uh and my daughter who is only 10 months uh <laughs> she she was uh 
and, and a different type of inspiration. Um, but we finished that work prior to, uh, to her being born. And so I was actually pregnant while I was finishing some of that work. Um, kind of considering just what, what would, what would she want to see or what kind of experience would I want her to have? You know, uh, that's been really, really impactful to me, but, uh, to be very honest, it's my students. So my yeah. students are, are a, a huge part of, uh, the, the rationale for some of the choices that I made as an artist uh, in this book. Um, oftentimes I would go into our art classrooms and I would always see at least one student sitting there like just stuck. Like Miss Ghani, I can't draw. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you can't draw, but you can do art. You know, even if you feel like you can't draw, you can create something, which is what pushed me to, to use uh, paper collage. Um, especially because I wanted them to, to see all the things that you can do just by using scissors and paper, you know, and, and using that as a way to build your confidence to try to draw and to try to, to, to push yourself outside of your boundaries. Um, and I don't even know if Solange knows this, but with each different page that I did, I brought it to my school and I would show it to my students during their art class. <laughs> And I would get their feedback. You oh, know? nice! About this and and it's so funny. Um, I knew that we had a a, a hit when uh, we got to the page with the rooster, and we're yeah. going through the pages, uh, and all the yeah. that, ooh, and that one. That touch. is a really cool you know? image. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like, "Ooh, I want to touch it," and I was like, "Okay, I'm moving in a good direction because if kids can get excited about it, yeah. and they are our our audience, then I'm yeah. going to even write as an artist." Um, and so I went back and forth with them. Huge shout out to, uh, to my, my art teacher, Tracy Otwell. She gave me a ton of inspiration and advice as I was also putting this project together. Um, but yeah, my students and just, just showing them that, that we all are in a space where we want to push ourselves past what we're comfortable with or used to doing, um, that as an artist, you are vulnerable and it's okay to be vulnerable. Like if your principal is being vulnerable and bringing you this art and saying, hey, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and, and really taking that, that feedback, you know, then, then you should be able to do it too. And it's okay to do it. Um, and I wanted our kids to, to experience that. And I got loads of feedback from our kids. <laughs> What's that part? I don't understand what that part is, Ms. Gotti. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. So that, that, that my story and my message was coming off a lot more clear for kids. I bet that was fun. Like, I know kids got no filter. On oh, they love back. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what they think about it real quick. Right, <laughs> right. Is it hard to like, how, or how, what's the process in like creating a book that's also appealing to children? Oh, let's say, appealing to children, but also appealing to like adults to be like, oh, this is cool. This is cute. Or I want to have this for my kids to read or well, they can get something out of it. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but that's my question. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think Aquaba kind of uh, started uh, explaining with our books, having those supplemental activities um, and, and ac activities and questions um, at the end of the book um, keeps the parent in mind. Um, when we're reading the story, there is content that kids can question during the story. And so having those questions and um, different types of activities at the end of the story definitely helps for parents to kind of keep in the back of their mind as they're reading it, getting toward the end um, to say, okay, we finished the story. What do you think about it? Mm -hmm. After those questions, after the, after the questions that the parents may have themselves, you can jump into the book and jump into the questions that we've offered, jump into some of those um, activities um, or words that the kids may not have understood while reading the story. Um, I know when, when the sun comes up, we have a, a word list uh, of different words that we ourselves in working with our own children being um, kind of testers um, while we were reading. Okay, mommy, I don't necessarily understand what a drover means. Um, and so having the definition of what that is at the end of the book lends to assisting parents. You know, sometimes you might, you might have the questions as a parent and sometimes you look for the book to, you know, give you those prompts. And so um, yeah. I think that that has driven the process um, as a writer 
um, and also as a parent um, to include that type of material along with our stories. Mm-hmm. I think in addition to that also, um, you know, we were, were hoping that for adults, it would also take you back to your own childhood, you know, and yeah. really taking a moment to, to pay attention or, or think about how it felt when you were in nature as a child, you know, um, as adults, sometimes we, we overlook nature because we're so busy and, and running mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. hoping that it will bring you back to maybe your feelings of summer camp, or if you got to go visit you know, family. I know uh, I used to go every year to uh, North Carolina, Fayetteville, North Carolina, to visit my my dad's side of the family. We would go fishing and take hikes. And, you know, Solange came with me one year and we just hung out. And and for city kids especially, to be able to to have that experience is huge, you know. Um, and so we were, we're hoping that for the adults, it would trigger that nostalgia. And then, of course, give you those activities to, to help your 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 child um as best as you can we understand that that homeschooling is tough uh and the more ideas (laughs) that you can have to keep kids engaged um the better and so uh for for us that was really big and really important when we were considering this not just what would the kids like and love but also how can we help support adults you guys were a little ahead of the curve too because the book came out before COVID hit. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's kind of what my our parents finished the build puzzles because they want to keep our minds active and stuff. We have those up there during the summer. So I think like, they obviously pick something they like to enjoy because they help us with it or just pick something we would enjoy really because that's what they care about distracting us. We took it on really quickly. Like once we got puzzles, we really like, like yeah. it. Just you just never know never when, you, and you're, when you're giving them that that little bit of of uh, exposure, yeah. what will stick? Yeah. And, <laughs> and we, yeah. And from a family of educators, um, Aquaba's mother, my aunt um, being a retired uh, New York public school teacher, my mother being a retired public school teacher, our grandmother, um, being in a family of education, there are always questions. It never stops at the end of an activity, a book. It's always, how did, how, what do you think about it? You know, what do you think about the story? What do you think about, you know, this activity that that you just did? And so being able to take what we know naturally, which is to continue the conversation, to, to continue questioning and going a little deeper, um, which is second nature to us, it 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 has to be a component of, of the book because it's just an extension of who we are and the family that raised us, you know, just to always yeah. question and always just go a little deeper. Yeah. And we also say this. So because we had mothers that were teachers, here's the downside of that, okay? <laughs> There's no downside. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Let me tell you We had school homework and then we had home homework. <laughs> so were, those are two different things. Yeah. The homework that I got from school, okay, when that's done, now I got to do this homework that mommy told me. That she's put together that I now have to do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Lord! Yeah. I always tell my staff and my students that you know, the kid in class, like teacher, do we have homework? It's almost the end of the day, and you forgot to give us homework, yeah. and they hated me oh. for it. Oh my gosh, they hated me. Yeah. What they didn't know was that if the teacher didn't give us homework, my mother would give me yeah. mommy work. Uh. It's very self-serving. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but. I- Please give us something because if I go home and you don't give us homework, I'm getting double work. Stop playing with it. That's funny. But you can't get double work anyway. So why'd you want to do, you know? I think everybody's getting homework too. Everybody's getting set up. No. That's but you know, as an adult now, I appreciate what what my mother and and um are are our family did for us in terms of really helping us to to maximize our learning. You know, don't just don't just leave it at the door. Don't just do the task. Like really think through what am I getting out of this? How can I use it in my my everyday life? What is the extension of this activity? And honestly, it pushed the both of us um, extremely far. I mean, both of us graduated from high school with honors, from college with honors. Like we we've always been 
the types of students that were, um, you know, go-getters and master's programs. You know, we, we graduated with, with um, you know, 4.0s, 3.8s, whatever it might be. Like we, we really always pushed ourselves. And so I think a, a big part of that is this, this desire to learn that was instilled in us when we were children. It's okay, I know you're saying to do this, but what else can I do? You know, what else can I yeah. learn? Which farther can I push my brain? Because I, and I know you said you made you minored in art. Yes. How do you All think right. that what like oh, this is interesting? Okay, so like so we actually asked a few people because there were people who were self-taught versus mm -hmm. who learned through school. Do you think that you could have done what you've done? as far as like art or, you know, your creativity, do you think you could have done that without go to school. Go, uh, the, the education? So here's the funny thing about, about my journey. So I wanted to major in art. And yeah. when I first went to Delaware State University, I was undecided. Not a joke. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the truth of what happened. I'm this, my mother is going to kill me, but I, it's a part of my journey, okay? Yeah. Um, I came to my mother after my first year and I said, you know what? I want to be an art major. And she looked at me like a true West Indian mama and was like, I am not paying for you to major in Crayola. Oh, words. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <dang>. words <laughs> exactly. And I was like, dang, like it just hit my heart, you know? Uh. <laughs> so I was taken back by it because I was like, oh, Crayola, like clutch my pearls. What are but you know what it did is that it it pushed me even further. So my art minor um, was something that I just I I treasured and I valued because I fought for it. Right. You know I, I fought to be able to to have that minor to be able to take those classes and to be able to push myself. Um, one of my art teachers, Lori Crawford, who I love to to pieces. Um, she was the first person that, that really pushed me as an artist and said to me, you know, you have something special and, and I do hope that you don't stop doing this. And, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting that, that sometimes as parents, we have the best intentions. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was an awesome mother. I mean, she still is an awesome mother and in, in her world, you need to be able to pay for yourself to live. You need to be mm -hmm. able to, to make money, take care of yourself, take care of your family. And so in her world, art wasn't a way that you could do that and sustain mm -hmm. yourself. And so part of pushing past what I knew um, and, and past those teachings was for me to say, okay, listen, this is something that I love. This is something that I'm going to do regardless. And uh, I, I think that the art classes, um, I did not need to continue my love of art. Um, I, I think that what it helped me to do was to find my voice in art. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I would encourage people that, you know, even if you are self-taught, take courses, you know, get different artists' perspectives because really that's what the art class is. Everyone's art is different. Somebody might love your stuff. Somebody might hate your stuff. It, it really doesn't matter. What it is is that all of those voices help you to define yourself for yourself. And I appreciate the, the art minor um, at both Delaware State and at Wagner because I got to hear from so many artists and got to see so many different styles and techniques and different ways that people approach the work that it helped me to just expand my creativity. Could I have done it without it? Sure, sure. But... At the same time, I don't know if I would have put myself in the place to be able to get those different experiences the way that I was having it being a minor. Okay. That's a great that answer. Makes... Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. It's, it's great for, for somebody who is maybe debating what yeah. path they want to take or, you know, or maybe can't afford to necessarily go to college for it, but, but wants to know, like, what am I missing? I mean, that's, that's a right. great great answer <laughs> and i love i love listening to a quaver I, I absolutely love listening to a quaver because what you just saw is literally the passion of this is 
who I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so no matter what you do as a nine to five, no matter what you do, you know, to, to, to make a living, who you are eventually will find its way out. And it's our job as parents um, and as adults for us to, to listen to the call and find our way as best as possible. The ideal situation sometimes doesn't happen for all of us where we can, you know, major in Crayola and, you know, live, you know, the, the, the true artist's life. You know, a lot of our realities don't lend to that, but there is a way and a window for your passion to, to find its way to the light of day. And it sometimes takes a lifetime to figure that out. And what we're trying to, to do through our own experience is to, to, to show that you may not be able to get the formal education um, that, that speaks to this passion, but your passion will make a way. Yeah. It, 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 it absolutely will make a way. Um, and you just have to, to, to pay attention to it. And when, when, you, when, you, when you start getting that feeling, like when I listen to a quaver, when we're in our meetings, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, because this is what you're supposed to be doing. This, this is, and you're doing it. And you're yeah. able to find a way at this point um, to still be able to love what you do as a principal, but also find, find your light in, in the artist lane. And yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's beautiful when you can find that alignment. And, and let me also say this, because she will kill me. My mother has since apologized. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make sure that I say this part. Yeah. Um, she had to apologize uh, for, for not helping or supporting me in that push. Yeah. Um, and, and she said to me many years ago, she was like, you know, I, I really should have backed you when you said that you wanted to do this as a major. And you know what? I'm, I'm, there's a part of me now in my adult life that's really glad that, that she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that probably sounds crazy, but like the work that I'm able to do as a principal hey. in terms of helping kids, I'm in the Northwest side of Chicago, mm-hmm. in the Austin neighborhood. And that is a neighborhood that needs really strong leadership, really strong teachers. Every day I'm advocating for not just equity in education, but also for cultural competence. You know, for our, our teachers to understand how you need to approach children of color, black and brown children, to help them not only to learn, but help them to, to break down this systemic racism that exists. I could not have done that type of important work had I pursued being an individual artist. Do you yeah, get where yeah. I'm going? So yeah, what I'm absolutely. Is push myself in terms of how do I bring art into my school? You know, what are the opportunities that I have? You know, we're, we're former band geeks, Solange and I. We were part of the Delaware <laughs> University marching band. Right. Uh, yes. She was a, a, a dancer and I was, um, I played the clarinet and I also uh, was uh, part of the, the flag squad later on. But like, oh. that's art, you know, and, yeah. and having that experience, you know, yeah. bringing that into my school is really special. So like, we wrote a grant, we have a drum line now. You know, oh, nice. ever after HBCU marching band styles, you know, yeah. that sort of thing that had I had I been a major, I don't think I would have ever joined this side of of education, and I would have, I think, not been as impactful um, on the education side. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like I, watching drumline as a kid, I definitely enjoyed the drum. I joined the band <laughs> yeah. before that. <laughs> I was I had to play the clarinet like you, but I didn't like the clarinet. I just trying to get to the drums. I was playing. The, I was just waiting to get to the drums, but they didn't let me get past the clarinet because I didn't practice enough. Which, I, mean, I, just, I didn't care enough. <laughs> but yeah, when you brought up like you know teaching in Chicago, and, and I know that, that there's a lot of stuff going on with the school district and all that, all that. So how do you feel like having black teachers and black people in heads of educational areas how that's affecting like the students I would say that put a probably black area like that or school districts I would assume uh how is like the change affected the students and or is it affecting the students so absolutely I think it affects the students I'm in uh something called turnaround schools so I'm a part of the academy for urban school leadership um known as AUSL and we are a turnaround network where we go into the lowest performing schools in Chicago and we do our work in order to get that school back on track, to get it back to good standing. Um, and I'm really fortunate because 
over these past few years, we've been able to move the school from a level three to a two to a two plus now to a level one. The highest you can go is a one plus. And um, in our neighborhood, that's huge. You know, our kids have an opportunity to really high quality education, um, but our teachers know that this is the Olympics of teaching. And yeah. so when you come to my school, you already know. You come here <laughs> to work, but you are here working through your passion. I am all about passion and making sure that our kids are able to feel that level of intentionality. You know, the same way that you would be intentional as an artist is to me how you need to be intentional as an educator, where every move that you're making, you're thinking through carefully, was that a good decision? Did that make sense? Does that really speak to what I want people to get out of this this uh, this message that I'm putting out there? And so um, for me, I think having a an African-American principal is a, a huge stepping point in making sure that our kids are seeing people that look like them um, in levels of, of authority and places where decisions can be made. Um, I think that it inspires them. I have a bunch of kids now that are, are on their path to becoming teachers and principals. And if they're not on their path, you, you let them know, hey, listen, that might be a good lane for you, you know, um, and giving them that encouragement, I think is huge. So, um, so because of the, the way the Chicago is set up, I have 70% uh, African-American, 30% Hispanic in my school, um, wow. 70 and 30%. Wow. And a large majority of my teaching staff is white. And mm -hmm. so I have to have conversations about race and about white privilege and awareness, about biases. Yeah. Yeah. How you into this work, regardless of your skin color, in order for you to meet the needs of our kids. Yeah. The day, that's what matters. And so one of the things that, that drew us, I think, to your company is that spotlight on African-American artists that we don't always see. That for me is huge. You know, that's something that, that as we continue to teach our kids about their options in this yeah. world, that is like a huge platform. Okay, what are the different jobs that I can have as an adult that, that you know, fuels me, wants, you know, helps me get up in the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. Having puzzles of color, I think it's just a really awesome way to say, hey, listen, not only can you be an artist, but you can be an artist with a message. You can be an artist that that promotes the beauty of Black people and people that look like you. <clears throat> and, and you can also do it on, on, on your own time. You know, you can do it in your own way. It doesn't have to be the way everyone else has done it. Yeah. Um, and I think you both uh, have done an amazing job in, in helping to give artists that that spotlight, that that you know, as black artists, we don't always have. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. I like that. what you said about doing it in your own way, because so often we look outward for the answers. Um, we're looking, you know, what is everyone else doing as opposed to kind of listening to the voice in our own self to say, hmm, what I may be thinking may be different than what everybody else is doing, but I might not have that confidence because I don't see it. And so, yeah. like you said, Aquaba, representation matters. Actually seeing, seeing people in places, but also feeling confident to know, confident enough to know that if what I'm feeling is different, I can still have a voice to put that out there, to do something a little bit different um, and dare to be different. I know we've heard that a million times, but <laughs> it really rings true, yeah. daring to be different. Um, and so being able to, to collaborate with you all to create content, you know, upcoming content that, that speaks to all of that and marries all of that together is, um, is a journey that we not only feel will resonate and connect, but it's a personal journey for us, yeah. you know, because we've personally been in those spaces. Um, and I'm in awe of Aquaba, <laughs> um, just, just being able to she knows that I'm an author because she lives, she lives in both spaces and she lives in both spaces so well. And I tell her this all the time, you know, the work that you're doing as principal um, Ghani Buckner, um, it, it needs to be on a bigger platform, you know, and I think um, the folks in her circle are starting to see that because it it's not only helping the folks in the Austin neighborhood, it's gonna help the folks you know, in Texas, in Brooklyn, down South, in Washington State. Um, 
there is there is a there is space for the work that she's doing um, to to live in so many different places. And now you tack on being an illustrator in her own company, um, providing another means, another platform for getting out the importance of educate of, of education in the framework that she's that she's pushing is speaking to just doing what you're supposed to be doing it when you're supposed to be doing it, you know, and I don't want to get too religious and stuff, but it really does talk to alignment and following, following a passion and yeah. doing it in a time that, you know, it may not be in the time frame that you saw it in, but it had to be done in certain steps. Mm -hmm. um, and so we talked about this a little bit earlier, when you are steadily in a, in a state of preparation, when opportunity comes, there's no, you don't have to get ready because you've been ready. Mm -hmm. this, you, you've been in a space long enough where when someone comes along and says, you know, we want you to input this model, you know, of growth mindset, we want you to, you know, input this model that's assisting, you know, teachers working with black and brown children, you've been doing the work. And so now it's your time to shine. Yeah. Love that. Well, I hope that know, it absolutely does. And I, I am in awe of both of you. And I really hope that that we, you know, that being on this this little video thing with us and, and working with uh, us and uh will will help to really put a spotlight on all the amazing things. And that's another reason why we wanted to, to do this deeper dive with our artists, um, the Vibe and List series, is to like get, it, get you know, you, you see this piece, you like this piece, but we want to know the person behind that piece and, right. and really, you know, all the amazing things that you guys are doing because we've talked to so many artists that like are just fascinating people beyond their art. Like, like let's talk about that. Like, you know, so, yeah. so we're, it's, it's amazing to be able to, to, be vibing with you guys right now and to, <laughs> um, and to ends for you to be able to showcase the things that you're, you're doing. We thank you guys um, so much. Um, this has been a very humbling opportunity um, that we are very grateful for, um, for you guys to pull us on um, along with your, in your journey. Um, this is, you know, kind of new territory um, for us. Um, in, in, in this platform. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to, to look, to look toward you guys in terms of your own journey and your own experiences, building puzzles of color, and then forecasting to say, hmm, what, what does puzzles of color look like a year from now, five years from now? Um, again, the same questions that we ask ourselves with Asa Books, um, you know, how do we want to, you know, continue to grow our, our vision um, and getting that message out um, to other parents and teachers and, and, and entities um, is, is part of the beauty in the journey. And so yep. we're just happy that we're able to, to you know, join you, on, join you all um, on this small piece of y'all journey um, because it, it really is inspiring for us to see you as well. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so um, while we talk about vibing, um, we, one of the things that, one of the reasons why we chose the name is that we talked about art in all, is, is inspired, it, there's so many facets of art, including writing, including art, you know, drawing, visual, and there's music involved, and a lot of times music inspires um, the other medium. So what would you guys say um, is a song or a music that inspires you as you are working and creating? Ooh. Like I said, you can put two band heads here. Now we we do. Oh wow, oh, that's I true. That. <laughs> I am I am very much so uh, in an old school kind of girl. Um, my my parents uh, had me at thirty two, and so you know they always say they were grown when they had me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of music, a lot of old music. So um, the the spinners, the flamingos, uh, Billie Holiday. I mean, you name it. I, I listen to a lot of old stuff. When when I'm painting or drawing, though, um, I'm a real huge neo soul fan. Uh, love Erica Badu. She mm -hmm. just listen to Mama's Gun on repeat. 
uh, and just completely vibe out um, and, and lose track of time to the point where my husband's like coming knocking on my little art door with the baby. Like, are you coming back to the restaurant? <laughs> um, but uh, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, um, two of my favorites, Esperanza Spalding, who is uh, wow. uh, awesome jazz uh, singer. She has a song in particular called Black Gold that is so so inspirational. I actually created um, a piece just listening to that song on repeat just mm -hmm. over and over again. And it talks about, you know, the, the beauty of, of being black and seeing your black as being something that's so precious and so unique. Um, and so, you know, that, that sort of stuff just keeps me going. Uh, in particular for this book, Nora Jones, Nora Jones is on my I list love too. Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Nora Jones, funny enough, we discovered uh, we went on a study abroad when we were at Delaware State University to China. Uh, Shanghai, China. Mm -hmm. And hey. when we were out there, um, they were selling like these CDs, and we were like, well, let's try out this lady, Nora Jones. You and remember that. I remember <laughs> that. Her album is an album, uh, the, the Come Away With Me. Um, yes. That, yes. That, was one that what? it just sounds like we're in the country, just sitting yeah. on the porch drinking tea, you know, <laughs> all soothing that it, just, it forces you to buy that. Yes. I sing that to my baby all the time. I love yes. Nora Jones. That's a yes. great album. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that Nora Jones is was that is definitely on the list. Um, in terms of when you want to be placed back in a certain time. You, music is uh, the ultimate transporter. Mm -hmm. You can listen to a song and be instantly transported into a feeling, a space, a moment, and know everything about it. It's just as vivid as day. And yeah. so Nora Jones is that for, for, for me too. Um, again, just talking about uh, Quabe and I being able to journey together um, and, and Nora Jones being that, that artists that put me back in a time and space where the two of us were together. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan uh, of Neil Soul, Miss um, Badu, Jill Scott. Um, but I'm also uh, a Brooklyn, Jigga, Jay-Z, <laughs> um, Biggie, yes. Definitely. And not that, not that um, Jay-Z and Biggie and, and those artists um, influencing um, my work as a children's book artist. Um, <laughs> but, I will, but I will say that there is a hustle and a grit um, in their work that yeah. speaks to being a businesswoman um, that's in a partnership with creating children's book and so yeah. um it, it it their type of that type of music um instills in in me particularly um just this idea of when you want it you gonna get it you yeah. know you go after what you really really want there's gonna be challenges but um when you work like your last is your first and your first like like your last that's a quote from biggie yeah. then you you will hustle toward where you need to be Wow. And, and Ola, you know, Solange, speaking of hustle, you know who we got to talk about. All hail the Queen Bee, Beyonce. Let me tell you something. Talk about Beyonce. We are in the beehive. Let's get But But that's another one of those people that, you know, Beyonce has some songs that, that we both vibe out to. You know, um, not just in terms of like being able to create art, but being able to to inspire you Tell to us. keep going and keep uh -huh. pushing. Mm -hmm. You know, pushing past what what other people say, pushing past criticism. Um, she she just does that, and you know, she does it in a way where she's like, "And what?" You know, yeah. and I love that 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 level of that level confidence. Woo! It's it's unmatched. Yeah, yeah, and it really. Try, trying to find those things, whether it be an artist, a person, a place that, that pushes your art, um, because art happens on a daily basis, whether you're intentionally working in it or not. I can be at my job um, just thinking or en route to a meeting and thinking, you know. Um, and so being able to, to lean back on artists that, that push the, the message of, of confidence of and of growing in every space that you're in you know, and yeah. taking advantage of every opportunity that's put before you to make lemonade out of lemons, literally. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and so being inspired by that, 
definitely uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Knowles um, puts, puts, puts that, that fire uh, behind the both of us. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you ladies so much for taking the time to, to, to give us your story and to vibe with us. And please just tell everybody, where can we follow you, find you, know what's, what's coming next? Okay. So, um, all of our information um, can be found on our website, www.asa-books.com. Um, we have all of our current work there. Um, we have information on upcoming works. We actually have a countdown um, to um, our next work that we're hoping to release um, later on this summer. Uh, and so, yes, definitely check us out at www.asa-books.com. Um, we are also on Facebook um, as well. Um, under at Asa Books, um, folks can find us there too. And so, um, yeah, we also have a newsletter that we we push out once a month. So uh, we can you can find our information there. And this year, 2021, is going to be our best year yet to to put forth um, not only information about our books, but books that we love, books that we read, activities mm -hmm. that we do with our own children. Um, to, to get, get that information out. Yep. Awesome. All righty. Well, you guys heard it here first. Please follow Awesome Books and be, be, free, be sure to buy their book puzzle bundle at puzzlecolor.com. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Vibing With. Be sure to purchase a puzzle by this talented artist at puzzlesofcolor.com. You can also listen to a curated playlist of music to pair with their puzzle on Spotify and Apple Music. Just search for Puzzles of Color.